0: Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P.
1: Belisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Belisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional
0: world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Penn State Conversations i'm taylor harrington and today i have a good friend of mine and a fellow recent may 2019 graduate ali schwab on the line ali it is so nice to have you with us yes thank you i'm very excited to be here so ali is working in new york city at the smithsonian channel as a marketing coordinator and i also work in marketing i'm in social media and brand strategy for seth godin's akimbo workshops so we're really excited to chat today with current students and share our knowledge as recent grads of advice we have and things people can do to prep for the internship and job season coming up. So, Al, are you ready to dive into it? Definitely, I am. <laughs> All right. Alright, So it is December, right before Christmas break, that this episode is going to be released. So students have a lot of opportunity over the next few weeks to try and get ahead before those applications come out. As Allie and I are well aware, a lot of the COM applications for internships and jobs don't tend to come out in towards, uh, you know, this time of the year, more towards that spring, March area, and even closer sometimes to graduation. So this is a perfect time to start getting ahead. Um, You're not behind. That's something I wish I heard a little bit more. (laughs) So Allie, just off the bat, what is one thing that you think students could be doing over this break?
1: So I think over break, you should definitely be reaching out to people. Um, It's Like Taylor mentioned, it's a little bit early to really be applying to jobs, so you should kind of set yourself up so that when it comes time to apply to things, there are already people that kind of have your back out there and know your name in the industry that you want to work in, just to make yourself more familiar with people and even learn about what you want to do try to have different informational mm-hmm. interviews just so that you learn about what people do on a daily basis in their job. And that might be something that you're interested in later on after graduation.
0: Yeah, that's so smart and something I I wish I did a little earlier, to be honest. I feel like it was senior year and someone even, you know, Bob Martin, he's so great. So students, if you're out there and you don't know who Bob is, he works in the career services and internship office for the Belisario College of Com, And he sat down with both Ali and I, along with many other College of Com students, um, and talked to us a little bit about what we were interested in doing right before that winter season started. And he gave us a list of people that were in his network of Penn State grads that we could reach out to. So, Allie, I'm sure you could say the same thing, but I kind of just sat with Bob for, I don't know, a half hour, talked about what is it what it was that I was interested in doing, and that sort of thing. And he was like, you know, here are 15 people who I think that you could reach out to. They have similar interests, they're working in the same industry, that sort of thing. But one of the things I will say, and you mentioned, is shooting your, you know, like reaching out to people who are in that industry that you're interested in, but also reaching out to people who maybe aren't. So one example of that was when I was meeting with Bob, uh, he said how he knew someone who worked at Girl Boss, which is an awesome website. They do really cool things on social. And I was like, that, they're an awesome company, but not really what I wanted to do. And so I still reached out to the woman that he knew. And it was cool because while I was talking to her, I ended up mentioning another company that I was interested in interning with or working at. And she was like, oh, my best friend works there. I was like, what? No way! That's crazy! Um, So, very cool, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the perfect match when you get a connection with someone, perhaps they know someone. So that's just the, you know, the way the
1: the domino effect kind of works. Um, So yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, the same thing happened for me. Bob connected me with someone who isn't even in the entertainment industry anymore. She's actually Mm -hmm. studying right now to be a psychiatrist, I believe. And she was my favorite person that I connected with. I ended up having two phone calls with her. She gave me a lot of inside advice that people who maybe were in the, who are in the industry right now probably wouldn't have said to me. Um, So that was definitely a really important person to talk to. I think I learned a lot just from speaking to her. And she even connected me with other people that she knew in the industry and got other phone calls and some interviews because of that even.
0: Yeah. I think a really great question that people are probably thinking right now while they're listening is, what do I ask someone? How do I even get that conversation started? So do you want to maybe share your advice on how you would reach out to someone over email or LinkedIn to
1: ask for that sort of conversation to happen? Yeah. So for the people that Bob connected me with, I would reach out and say, hey, Bob says hello, he connected me with you, thought thought you would be a great person for me to speak to, and then just kind of ask if maybe when I'm home for winter break, they'd be available to meet in the city and grab coffee. Just, I'd like to hear different advice that they could have for me. And then there are also times when I would reach out to people on LinkedIn myself and ask them, same thing, if they would be interested in having a phone call or meeting in person, whatever was convenient for them. Uh, A lot Mm. of people honestly wanted to just do a phone call. So even if I had suggested meeting in person, they would offer up the phone call just because their schedules are difficult or they're not necessarily in the city at the time, things like that. So I think any interaction you can have with someone is good, whether it be in person or over the phone.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point about the phone calls because... I realized very early on, I'm a much better speaker when I'm in front of a video, when I'm talking to someone, it feels like I'm having a conversation, that sort of thing. And doing that in person obviously comes naturally when you're decent on video. But doing the audio only was hard on a phone call. So I quickly learned, you know, people will say, yes, I'd love to meet with you at this time. What's your phone number? And sometimes I just took the leap to say actually, I'd love to meet on Google Hangouts. Here's a, you know, here's a link or a Skype link or whatever it is. Um, So that was really nice, too, if people were open to that, that I was able to suggest the video call, or even from that initial message saying, I'd love to meet in person. If not, I'd love to send you a Google Hangout link to a video call.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great option. I was fortunate, and you were too, to be able to apply to jobs and reach out to people in a city that we live close to, Mm -hmm. so I'm from New Jersey and obviously when I was home it was really easy to get to New York and meet with people there, but let's say you as a student wanted to work in LA after graduation and you live on the East Coast, like obviously that's not practical for you to fly to LA, that's expensive Mm -hmm. and just not really smart, um, just to meet with people for informational calls. So you could do what Taylor said and just Skype with them and video chat. So that way you're still getting that face-to-face interaction in a more practical and easy way.
0: Yeah, I think another great thing is, you know, Penn State's not that far from D.C., from New York, wherever it is. If you could schedule any meetings on a Friday, maybe you have a light load of classes and it's only morning classes and you could head out by 10 or 11 in the morning and then head there and Get through three or four meetups. That's a good way to use a Friday in case, you know, this winter break wouldn't be a best time to do it for you if you're far away. And then another thing that, yeah, another thing that I spent my winter break doing one year was creating my online website. So a personal website where I could list my resume, a little bit about me, so the things that aren't on my resume that make me more human. So the fact that I love sipping on green tea or listening to this kind of music or, um, you know, I have my favorite podcast that I listed on there. Things like that so that people were able to see a more well-rounded version of me except for just my resume. It was also a great way to showcase some of my work. Do you remember our Snapple project from Ken Yednock's class? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was... (laughs) Great project, Um, but it was awesome because it was one of those where we were able to really take what we learned and show it off to new employers, future employers. Um, You know, it was kind of like an internship project in some ways where we truly did create an ad campaign from the research project uh, process
1: all the way till the end. So that, can, that you touch on, was- can you touch on that a little more? Something I yeah. kind of struggled with was how to bring up your examples in an interview. I tried it once at an mm. agency. Like, I brought a sample of the case portfolio of one of mm-hmm. our um, cases, and it was so awkward. And even just the <laughs> website, like, I, I made a website, but I never brought it up. It was just, yeah. I never felt that it was the right time. I know it would have been good to show, but it was just like, how do I... First of all, pull up my laptop or
0: Mm -hmm. even just like
1: whip out in person. (laughs) Whip out. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I I think, yeah, I think there's two parts to that. I think one is what do you do in person, like you said? So I think in that case, um, a couple of times, depending on where I was going, I printed out the images themselves of our ad campaign. So Mm
1: -hmm. through that
0: campaign, we made some social posts that I was able to print out, uh, like I said, I work in social media marketing, so that was really helpful because they were able to see, oh, she really took the research process, then figured out who's the target market, and then was able to create copy and images that reflected how to reach that target market. So I broke it down kind of in simpler terms. I didn't show them the whole project. Here's everything, yeah, but instead course. I showed it. Yeah, <laughs> I showed them the <laughs> end the end result that I felt like was more impactful for the job that I was going into. And then I think the other thing is how do you communicate that with these alumni you might be reaching out to? So as we touched on, reaching out to Penn State alumni is a great thing to do. They're always so willing to help each other out, especially when they're recent alums, because it feels pretty cool to have an alumni or ex current student reach out to you and be like, hey, I want your advice. And you're like, yes, let me pour out all of my knowledge onto you.
1: Exactly, and people s- love yeah. to talk, they love to talk about they, themselves. So they're not yes. interviewing anymore. So they, this is like their interview.
0: Right. It's like they love to talk about themselves and they love to talk about Penn State. So there's never a dull moment. Um, But anyway, so when you go through those, every time that I would reach out to someone and say, hey, any chance you're going to be in New York City at this time or you're able to do this video chat, I would always have my website under my name once I signed like, you know, thanks so much or all the best, Taylor. At the bottom, I always had my link right there. So if they decided to click on it and learn a little bit more about me, they could. and then. In that next response, when they started to schedule that meetup, I would include again in case you have any time to check out my website before we meet. I would love to touch on it during our conversation. So again, these people may not be the people that I ended up interviewing with or um, you know applying to jobs at their companies, but it was always great to have mm-hmm. those extra eyes, and I was actually able to, fe- yeah. I was able to get a lot of feedback. Yeah, and I was able to get a lot of feedback. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people said, you know like uh, that's not something that I think is really helpful for that person to know you could probably get rid of that but you always have to take it with a grain of salt I mean there are some people that would say no one no one cares what kind of podcast you listen to and the music you listen to why would you put that on there um but I I thought as I would want to work with someone that I was able to get to know a little bit more about them that way so yeah it's that's a great question though of how do you present it um and we actually both got the same portfolios, which I would recommend every student listening to get. Oh, yeah, we did uh, those, on Amazon. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they were Link so in the bio. <laughs> yeah, it, I wish. If I knew how to link in the bio of this podcast, I would for all of the students out there because it's that good. But it's a portfolio where you can input, like, all of your work. So not just your resume, but there's a nice little folder. So that if you wanted to bring your Snapple presentation, for example, you could. And then it also had all these pens areas, but the best part was the phone pouch. Because with the phone pouch, like, I didn't want to bring a purse. It's kind of awkward for a guy. Yeah, it's always awkward. Where
1: do I I put my phone?
0: Exactly. So it's perfect to have a little phone pouch just to slip it in there. So shout out to Amazon if anyone wants to check that out. (laughs) Amazon, they
1: always come in clutch.
0: Yeah, they really do um all right so let's talk about career fairs a little bit i was taking a look at the calendar for this upcoming semester so like we said we're heading into december right now um december break so i noticed april 3rd we have success in the city coming up um and then we also have a dc one that i don't think they've come up with the exact date for yet but i figured we could kind of dive a little bit into how those career fairs work and i know you had that funny conversation about um your favorite wasn't it your favorite Bravo TV show with someone at oh, the Penn no, State? Oh, no, my
1: f- favorite. Well, it was just my favorite show in general. Oh, And okay. I said Sex in the City because it's a great show. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like, she a just very professional and, woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm being honest. And I was talking to CBS. I feel like I can say that in the entertainment world, baby.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally let it slide. But do you have any <laughs> tips for anyone going to any of these sort of conference or – um what are they even called? Uh, not career conferences. Pairs. Career fairs. I actually never even went to one. So for anyone who lives really? behind... Yeah, for someone who says like, ah, that's not really for me, I totally get you. I just never felt like, for me, it was the right choice just because I, I guess I wanted to go into something that was so narrow. And when I would look at the listings of everyone who was coming, I didn't really want to work for those big companies. I knew I wanted to be near home. So I never found mm-hmm. that matchup, but I know so many people who did have you know success stories there. So maybe talk a little bit about that because yeah. you could speak more to it than I can.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I went to two career fairs in college. I went to one of the ones that they host for College of Comm at Penn State itself. And I mm-hmm. didn't do too well there. I actually ended up connecting with people for a an athletics internship during the semester. So I kind of took it that way instead of trying to find a summer internship. And Mm -hmm. then my senior year, I went to Success in the City in New York City, which was perfect for me. There were a lot of entertainment companies going that I was really interested in talking to, and I wanted to work in New York City. So I was like, I have to go to this one no matter what. And something I also did that morning of the career fair was I scheduled an in-person Um, informational interview with someone it's actually it was the first meeting that I had with my connection at Smithsonian Channel so Mm. it was really just worked out really funny like that but if you're going to be in a career fair in a city that you want to work in why not use that as a good time to schedule um, some other meetings Mm -hmm. things like that
0: yeah that's such a good point because I know that Penn State hosts some sort of a bus that they offer for people to get on to go to that career fair. But if you can Mm -hmm. get on the mega bus the day earlier, or, you know, you have your car and you can drive there a day earlier to get to some of those, um, other, other things and plan it out, you know, how to really use that, really how to utilize that time. Um, Mm -hmm. that's a great way to kind of exercise it. I do want to go back to one thing you said, well, actually two things, one, that guy was a Penn Stater. So once again, shout out. Yes. And then (laughs) two, (laughs) two, um, internships at school. So we both did these and, I feel like it was one of the best decisions I made because it wasn't a huge time commitment. And at the end of the day, I was able to say I had another experience in addition to what I studied this semester. I mm-hmm. learned X, Y, and Z, and my resume was built up a lot quicker than students yeah. who were only doing one internship you know, a year in the summer and the winter. My question is, what did you find valuable about working with Penn State Athletics specifically? And then also with that ad agency, I know you did that. So maybe you could talk a little
1: bit about that. Yeah, so it was like my sophomore year. And honestly, the reason I started doing internships on campus was because you and one of our other class friends, Sam, um, you guys had so much on, (laughs) shout out to Sam, Um, you guys had so much. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had so much on your resume already, so I was like, okay, I really need to step it up. If I'm going to be in their little <laughs> class friend group, I need to also have internships <laughs> on my resume. And at Penn State, there's so many different opportunities. Bob sends out emails every single day that I wouldn't even always read half the time. There's so That's how many opportunities he sends <laughs> yeah. out. Um, And eventually I was like, okay, maybe I should start reading these and taking them seriously. And mm-hmm. I got my first intern internship sophomore year spring semester. And ever every semester after that I had at least one internship. My senior semester in the fall, I actually had two internships and a full course load. So while it might have seemed like a lot, it really also taught me how to balance my time well and just get as many internship experiences I can get. Uh, So that semester I was doing Penn State athletics internship and I was working at a marketing and advertising agency in State Mm -hmm. College. Um, and it was really good to do that because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do after college and didn't know what kind of jobs I'd necessarily be applying for. So it was good, I think, to have an agency experience and see if that's what I liked and just kind of learn the way an agency works.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. I, You know, you're a great example of your internships didn't exactly add up to what you're doing today. And, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't even have a TV internship specifically while you were at school or or in the summers or anything um, mm-hmm. before you applied for this job. So it's really cool for students out there to hear that you don't need to have the exact experience on your resume when you apply for a job. Um, I think that was one thing that I heard a lot and that I worried about myself because I wasn't sure, like you said, about going internship or um, in-house or agency side for advertising. So That discussion is definitely something that goes back and forth of, do I need that agency experience? And for me, I ended up going in-house, so it didn't relate as much, but I I was like, I'm not going to get an agency job because I don't have that, which Mm -hmm. may not have been true. We heard that a lot. Um,
1: A lot. (laughs) And I mean, (laughs) Um, honestly, I'm not going to say it isn't the case sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. It definitely would have probably been easier for someone who worked at an agency over a summer to get a job at another agency or the same agency after graduation, but it doesn't mean it's impossible to get a job if you hadn't. Absolutely. And so I think,
0: yeah, that kind of is a great segue to when you take a look at the internships you had, how did you extract the things that you learned and said, you know, hey, I'm not going to work in athletics when I get a job perhaps but what I really learned while I was here was x y and z because I think that's a really important skill to have while you're at school is at the end of an internship being able to reflect and say well this isn't exactly what I want to do but I learned this
1: yeah can you talk a little bit about
0: how you how you did that with those two
1: yeah so I mean even with working with uh working for Penn State Athletics I knew all along that working in sports isn't something I wanted to do after college, but being despite, at a school... Despite your new love for wrestling. Well, I am a huge Penn State <laughs> wrestling fan. I will be there for the Ohio State match in February, so I'm very excited for that. But Wild, um, that you're going back there for that. <laughs> yep, I didn't even go back for a football game, but I'm going back for that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I love sports. I've always grown up playing sports. My family's a big sports lover, but it just wasn't something I wanted to do after college. Um, but Mm -hmm. being at Penn State, I felt like that would be a great opportunity and something I could never do again is work for an athletic school that's as big as Penn State. So it was just something I really felt like I had to do while I was there. And those were some of my greatest memories being in college altogether, just like, being in the press box for football games and things like that. So while it was reasons like that, I was also then able to transfer skills that I got to being in the entertainment industry. So like, working for athletics is considered a fast paced industry. And so Mm -hmm. is entertainment. So I was able to kind of use those examples in my interviews and calls with people in the entertainment world. And I think that really helped me um showcase what i can do even if i hadn't worked in entertainment itself
0: yeah that's yeah that's really important and it's funny you know i look back at my internships that i did at school and a lot of them were ones well actually i think all of them were ones that i created myself uh through Mm. some of them were like oh i I heard about bob martin talking about this thing and then i went down this path um Mm -hmm. but you know i worked at the happy valley Launchbox, so That was a place that Bob had mentioned in one of his emails, and this specific internship wasn't expressed, you know, um, communicated to me through Bob, but I knew about the Happy Valley Launchbox, and for any students out there that are listening, it's a really cool place. They have, I think, 10 startups that work there throughout the year, and so it's all student-run startups, and all of these people are looking for others to run their marketing because they tend to be engineers and people who were the founders of these companies and they don't do the marketing themselves so they're looking for that help so as a freshman um, for me to be able to say hey you know i'm going to raise my hand and help out with this because i don't have any experience but you're not offering to pay me and we both need (laughs) someone to do marketing so this could work out really well Um, so that's a great a great place to start and the other thing I would say is, you know, I worked at the makery, that local craft studio in State College. And yes, I didn't think I was gonna work in a craft studio once I graduated, but I knew if I worked at a small company, I would have to know how to talk to a very small tribe of people that really got got to know that that small company. And I think that really did help me of being able to manage multiple social media accounts while I was there and get to know how to speak to that small audience. and. That, that sort of um, class format actually transferred really well because at my company now we run online workshops. So being able to say, hey, you know, these classes are coming up, that type of marketing actually, now that I'm thinking about it, really flowed yeah, well exactly. um, into what I do. But yeah. things like that where they kind of go under the radar of like, oh yes, I learned that there and I kind of forgot, but are able to be translated in an interview sometimes in a really easy yeah. and smart way. I do want to dive into minors um, as well because you took on three minors and one of them being the new digital trends and analytics minor so could you dive into that one a little bit and maybe how it's helped you in your job today, since you do a lot of digital.
1: Yeah, um, the Digital Media Trends and Analytics minor was honestly my favorite classes I took, even more so than the advertising class itself, just because I think Don't the Don't say curriculum-
0: that, I'm so jealous. I really wish I took, <laughs> I really, really wish I took I that know, minor. I you
1: really missed out. Yeah, I That's missed okay. the boat.
0: They, Yeah, but anyways.
1: <laughs> um, no, it's just like, I think it's just because the curriculum is so new, and we're learning mm-hmm. so many new things in- the communications industry itself so like we did one there was one class where we did a full google ad campaign and we had an actual mm. client and we were spending real money that just like felt very real and things that you wouldn't really learn in a regular class that they had been teaching for many years beforehand does that make sense um yeah yeah but yeah no and And because I do work in a digital media department, I definitely think that's something that really stood out on my resume, because not everybody has the digital media as their minors. I know you could maybe major in digital media at some colleges and things like that, but it's not Mm -hmm. always the case that you can have a major like advertising and then a separate minor for digital media itself so i think it also was helpful to learn analytics and things like that one of my internships um over a summer was actually for an analytics company so i think that was a really helpful way to maybe get that internship and things like that Mm -hmm.
0: well yeah it's really interesting too because you you even got certificates for like google analytics while you were in
1: those classes right yeah yeah like that's so so great to to put on your resume as well
0: Yeah, and to say, like, I have very recent experience that can be applied to exactly what, you know, we do. For me, I felt like minors were a really cool way to tailor my own degree because, you know, I, I studied advertising, as I mentioned, and then my two minors, entrepreneurship and disability studies, allowed me to take in some of my other interests. So for the average person, they may be looking at those degrees and being like, how does that all tie together? And that was a really interesting lesson that I went through when I had to go into the interview process, um, going through that, okay, how do I tell this story of how everything fits? Um, So for me, I found that the thing that really was the overarching topic was I love to better understand people. And so that's one of the reasons why I was interested in the disability community and learning about people who weren't like me, but realizing that we were actually really similar and that sort of thing. And then with entrepreneurship, it was connecting with people, solving problems, things like that. And with advertising, again, connecting with people, figuring out how do I talk to someone in a way that resonates with them and use empathy and things like that. So that was how I was able to describe it all. So for anyone who has a minor out there, I would think about what is that story that you can say in just a few sentences of this is why I do what I do um, and Mm -hmm. why I've brought these things together. And then while we're on the topic of resumes, uh, I do wanna ask Allie kind of any advice you have for these students who are going into winter break thinking about revamping their resume uh, before they start applying.
1: Yeah, so one of the people that um, Bob connected me with, I was on the phone with her and originally I had had the straight cut like business resume style, Mm -hmm. which was fine, I think, like, getting me through college and those kind of internships, getting those job experiences, but in being in communications, people do like creative people, and we Mm -hmm. work in such a creative industry that I don't think it needs to be so, just so standard um, and basic styles of resumes, so I Mm -hmm. actually revamped my whole resume after she said that. I designed it on Photoshop myself, and I still made it look professional, and it was still all black and white and things like that, but it was just designed differently than, like I said, the basic business resume, if that, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I totally went down the same path, and for me, it was looking up that website Canva. I think that's what you used as well, right? No, I I made mine on Photoshop. Oh, Photoshop. Photoshop, yeah. you said. Yeah. Um, so I use Canva, which I'm not a Photoshop pro in <laughs> the slightest. So Canva seemed a lot easier for me. Um, it's a simple website. You can just Google it. Free account. And they have a bunch of resume templates. So you can actually use one that they already have available or mix and match different things. So that's what I did was, you know, move my picture onto here and my, um, you know, where I had my experience. I shifted it maybe. But... It was nice because I was able to customize it in a way that still felt like me, yet I didn't really have to do that much. Um, yeah. No, I've seen a lot I, of
1: Canva resumes and they all look really great and they're very pretty. Yeah. I
0: mean, I got so many compliments on just even the fact yeah. that I added color. Yeah. And no, I love your resume. Thing... <laughs> Thanks, Sally. Yeah, no problem. I think the other thing was um, printing it on cardstock was another thing I got a lot of like
1: up for. Me too. I did for. that.
0: Yeah. Um, And so being able to print it on cardstock, you can just go to Walmart, Staples, Kinko's, wherever, and grab cardstock. It's just harder paper. Um, And just throw it through your printer. I know the printer in the hub actually lets you go ahead and put that in there as well so that you can, or at least it used to. Now we're old. Maybe in the last six months they've changed it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I know. You never know. Who knows
1: what they did there?
0: I heard there's some great restaurants downtown now that we're missing out on. but.
1: Besides the point, Well, I'll be there in February for wrestling, so I'll I'll let you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Um, So I think, you know, that's another thing is grabbing that cardstock for the extra $10 it may take you, it can go a long way because it sticks out in a pile of resumes um, as being a little bit
1: heavier. Yeah, I think another thing that you could put on your resume, maybe if you're trying to add more things, is adding your classes that you took. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, like the digital media minor, we took a lot of specific classes that it's an employer might never know that you even learned that kind of stuff if you don't Mm -hmm. put it on your resume itself obviously that's not something that I'll need for the rest of my life on my resume as I'm going to different jobs throughout my life but like it's definitely something that as a student you should highlight you're proud of that Mm -hmm. proud that you did those classes and I think employers and other people should know
0: absolutely I totally agree and I think that having multiple resumes can be helpful too. Being able to say, hey, this one that I'm applying to is really closely related to digital, so I should have, you know, I should have those classes on there or this internship. But for example, like some of the internships and jobs that I applied to, I didn't include my internship at the craft studio, the makery, as much as I loved it, it didn't really make a ton of sense for me to include that when I had other big companies um, on my resume from the summer experiences. So mm-hmm. being able to say, you know, I have all these experience, but they don't all have to go on every single resume I send out there is an important thing to consider. Um, well, before we drop off, I do want to talk about, you know, kind of the the process because people are going to get back from break. Some of their friends, maybe in the business school already have jobs um, and other people are going <laughs> to yep. start finding out quickly.
1: <laughs> Very yes, relatable. Experience so- that. We, we experienced the pressure yeah. of it being last minute and not having a job. So yes, if you're still you're not behind waiting, yeah, you're it's there's no rush. Don't, <laughs> it's just do not stress. As much as I sound like a hypocrite because I stressed so much throughout the spring semester, don't stress.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think one thing to think about too is, you know, as we approach this season, what is it that did help you along the way to remind yourself and Also, I want to talk about being picky. So if you could dive into those two things of what helped you to remind yourself, you know, it's going to be okay if it's
1: graduation and I still don't have a job.
0: And then two, being picky.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I think for me, the biggest thing that I realized, so I didn't start my job until end of June. So that means I had about two months of a summer break. And that's not a bad thing. I got to travel with my Mm -hmm. friends and... I was really very just jealous. enjoy the last like <laughs> two months I have free, like maybe until I retire. Um of being a so, kid. What?
0: I said two months of being a kid.
1: Exactly. Two months left yeah. of fun. And then life is over. <laughs> just kidding. Not really. But <laughs> Ollie <laughs> um, Life is still fun as an adult, guys. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, it's still fun out here in the real world. Um, out, out here in New Jersey. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> But no, so I think that was the biggest thing. Like, It's really not the end of the world if it takes you a bit of time to get a job. The worst that happens is you have a summer break, like a last summer break. And then Mm -hmm. being picky, I think it's definitely important to be picky. You guys all went to a really good school. I'd imagine you have good experience on your resume. So you deserve to try and get the job that you want. Don't settle for a job early on just so that you have something lined up for after graduation because odds are you may really not end up liking it just because you jumped into a job that you didn't necessarily think through all too well. Obviously, that's not Mm -hmm. always the case. Like, some jobs do apply earlier and hire people sooner, so you might still find a really good fit for you then. But a lot of the jobs in our industry really don't start hiring till after graduation, summer, or really close Mm -hmm. to summer. So yes. definitely don't settle. Um I actually did have another job offer while I was in the process of interviewing at Smithsonian Channel and it was definitely a really big struggle that I went through. I was like I was like should I take the job so that I have a job at least even it would have been a really great job I think but the Smithsonian Channel one was definitely what I wanted more and to mm-hmm. me the risk of Not getting the Smithsonian Channel job was worth it. um, I think because there was no guarantee of if I would get it or not, but I really Mm -hmm. thought that it was worth it to try and take that risk. Luckily, it did pay off, so I'm very grateful I took that risk. I think that's a great point. I also think
0: that there are some people who don't have necessarily the freedom to wait. You know, they may not have a place to go back home right after graduation ends or, you know, whatever it is, they have to move out of the house. And so I think that one thing we both had the privilege of, of was having that extra time that we could decide. So for everyone who's listening and feels like, you know, maybe I don't have that opportunity to be picky right now, you could take one job. Your first job doesn't have to be your dream job. Yeah. You know, take and on, the job odds are that is, it's not
1: going to be your only job. No. Uh, this industry. <laughs> Probably have we, many jobs. Exactly. That's the way the world works these days. So people have so many yeah, different jobs. It's
0: constantly changing. Yeah. So don't put too much pressure on this one job, but like Ali said, I completely agree that, you know, we had, we had experiences, we had, you know, we had made our resumes look pretty, (laughs) we made the websites, we went and met people who were Penn Staters, and at the end of the day, um, when you do a lot of things right, it's worth rewarding yourself by saying, this is what I want, and looking for how to get that, and that's, you know, we were both able to do that. I think that's a really good point. And I also think that we were really lucky and a lot of our friends were lucky that we were able to make that choice where if we came to graduation and we didn't have that job, we had extra time to make that decision. I know some people listening may say, you know, I have to move to this city right when I leave um, Penn State or something like that. And j- just to put it out there that your first job doesn't have to be your dream job. It You know, you don't have to wait and Be selective. I feel like "picky" is a bad word that I keep using, (laughs) but yeah, no, it's completely. Yeah, (laughs) if it's not, (laughs) you have to be completely selective if you don't have that choice. But I will say, for all of our friends who were selective, um, it worked out, and I know that might sound rare, but it really did. And for some people, it took an extra month or two after graduation for it to happen, but for them, it was worth it. They are where they want to be right now, and waiting that long can uh, really change their career because now they're working at places and have positions that they weren't sure if they were definitely going to have. So yeah, definitely worth waiting and considering that.
1: I think more so than being picky that we keep saying, it's more just that we knew what we wanted and we weren't going to mm-hmm. necessarily settle for something that wasn't it until we really had to. Like we had just graduated exactly. college, we weren't in, a, luckily like we were going back home and I was applying to jobs in New York City, which is so close to me. So it wasn't like I needed to make the decision to move to a city really quickly or would have had to move super fast if I ended up getting a job. Luckily, we had the time to take our time and things like that. So mm-hmm. we just knew what we wanted and we were going to try and get it. If it didn't work out, that's fine. Like like you said, Taylor, our first job isn't going to necessarily be our last job, so it's really yes. just like a stepping stone in our career. Um, things luckily worked out for us, and but honestly everything is going to work out for all of you guys anyway, no matter mm-hmm. what your first job is or how long it takes you to get a job. Um, honestly I would recommend even waiting a little bit into the summer and then starting because like I said, it was so nice to be able to take some time off, hang out with my family, hang out with my friends. all. Things that I won't necessarily get to do for full weeks of at a time. I know, you're rubbing it Never. in my face. I know. Well, Taylor, you started about what a week. I started what
0: after? like I think it was even less than a week. But oh, I, I, I went also, I also was an intern while I was at school, so yeah. I was excited to finally
1: like get working on bigger projects. But yeah. I mean, of um, course, while I- like while I was taking the time off, I was of course stressed. Because I didn't have a job. (laughs) Which I again am sounding like a hypocrite. But in theory, it was nice to have the time off.
0: In theory, people should breathe
1: during the second semester of this year. Enjoy the last semester of your college career because that's a time you're never gonna get back.
0: Yeah. Go to a belly dancing
1: class. Allie and I went to a belly dancing class in the
0: hub for an ad project one time.
1: It oh really God. relieves some tension I, and stress. I think we might need to try another class one day. Re, re... Maybe in February, I'll come back. I'll come back to Penn State with you in February. We okay. I feel like see we see still the get the emails. Club is yeah, I we probably feel like, do. Yeah, it's, we're still yeah. on the email chain because once you're on one of those <laughs> right. email chains, you're never off.
0: No, you're never getting off. <laughs> and you know, there, there's only some that you'd want to stay on forever, and Bob Martin's is one of those. Like, I still I wish that there was. A Bob Martin email for like later in life because I know. I mean those
1: connections are great. Like Speaking are we still are we still allowed to connect? Like ask him to connect us with people? I hope so.
0: Well, that's what <laughs> I was just going to say. This is our chance right here, Allie. Well, our listeners are still paying attention to us. Hopefully. I know. Um, okay. <laughs> so if anyone wants to connect on LinkedIn, my name is Taylor Harrington, and this and is I'm Allie, Allie Schwab. Schwab.
1: <laughs> Yes, connect Allie, will with me, you spell I love, I love LinkedIn connections, so.
0: Yeah, Allie, will you spell your last name for them so that they don't mess that one up?
1: Yes, it's S-H-W-A-L-B. Excellent. I'm okay. sure you'll find well, me, just search on, with Penn State, that tag and stuff. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know
0: now they have some new, they have some new networking thing that I'm supposed to be joining, like Life Lion Link or something? Oh, yes. Anyways, these I, kids I, these I days. To do that too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Allie, for joining me on the show. It was so nice having you. Yes, thank you so much. um, Yeah, it was was great and so fun connecting. And thank you for sharing your wisdom as a recent grad. (laughs) For all the listeners out there, (laughs) for all the listeners out there, happy new year. And thank you guys for all your support in 2019. We are so excited to see what conversations happen in 2020. Thanks again.